from the prophet Isaiah. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. From Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, Act with justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor anyone who has been robbed. And do no wrong or violence to the alien, the orphan, and the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. For if you will indeed obey this word, then through the gates of this house shall enter kings, kings who sit on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their servants and their people. But if you will not heed these words, I swear by myself, says the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. And from Micah, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? God has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? the wisdom of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Loving God, as we listen to the prophets, as we absorb their words, and as we listen for how you would have us be in your world. May the words of our mouths the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Let the people say, Amen. Amen. We've just heard from the prophet Isaiah about how we are called to cease to do evil, to learn to do good, to seek justice and rescue the oppressed. And from Jeremiah, to act with justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor anyone who has been robbed. To no violence to the alien, the orphan, the widow. And one of the passages we most love, that from Micah, that we are called very clearly and very simply to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. Another one of our favorite passages of scripture comes at the end of Matthew 25, when Jesus, who's anticipating his crucifixion, tells his anxious disciples a story about how we're going to be judged at the end of our lives and thus how we should try to live our lives right now in the present moment on this earth. In it, he says that whenever we see someone hungry or thirsty, naked, sick, or in prison, we are to help them, to give them food, drink, clothing, to visit and take care of them. And in doing so, he echoes the prophets of Israel and their regular calls to take care of those who are most marginalized and forgotten in society. 
I'm grateful that we have a commitment and legacy here at the United Parish for following this charge from Jesus. Through our annual Thanksgiving meal, when we feed hundreds of our neighbors who would otherwise go without this special occasion, or our Thrifty Threads clothing shop that sells and at times even gives away reused clothing, to our support of the City Mission Coat Drives, or big support for the Brookline Food Pantry, which we're currently expanding, or the Greater Boston Food Bank's Walk for Hunger and our mission-giving team's support of dozens of worthy organizations, locally, nationally, and internationally. This is all good and honorable work, for which we have many reasons to be grateful and to keep on doing. And as Christians, it's essential that we understand the importance of both charity and justice in living out our faith. We've talked a lot about adaptive challenges versus technical challenges over the last couple of years. As a review, technical challenges are problems where we know exactly what skills or resources are needed to fix the problem. You have a leaky pipe, call the plumber. She has the know-how and the materials that we need. Charity is one of the ways that we address the immediate technical challenges of injustice. Your friend doesn't have enough money to buy school lunch, well, maybe your mom can pack you an extra lunch to give to your friend. Hundreds in the community feel lonely and hungry on Thanksgiving. Well, we can provide a warm meal and even warmer conversation, treating all of our guests as the dignified, worthwhile children of God that they are. Charity is crucial work, not only because it addresses immediate needs, but also because the barrier to entry is low. If you have extra, you can share it. If you can go without in order to help someone else, give it a try. If you have time or talent, there is a slot for you to fill. Adaptive challenges, however, require systemic change. When we look at an adaptive challenge, we may not even know what we would need to learn in order to solve the problem. We just know that it requires us to adapt and change. Justice is an adaptive challenge. It involves the larger, longer range work of changing the system, of understanding clearly who has the power, building relationships with those power players and affecting policy changes that will have lasting consequences. Justice work notices that children are going without lunch and works with power players to change the economic landscape such that families always have enough to eat even when they fall on hard times. Throughout American history, the Christian emphasis on justice helped inspire many social changes, like the abolition movement, or the progressive era of the early 20th century, and the civil rights movement. In taking seriously the calls for justice from their faith tradition, people developed the tools they needed to make longer-lasting systemic change, to get involved with politics, and to influence policymakers. And out of it came laws that have had lasting effects for decades the Emancipation Proclamation and subsequently the 14th Amendment, fair labor laws, the Social Security Administration and other features of our social safety network, voting rights legislation from the Civil Rights Movement. But as we've seen throughout history, that without vigilance, the work of justice is always under attack and the threat of erosion. We have seen over the last 50 years, the widening economic inequality in the US. In the year that I was born, 1989, when the baby boomers were reaching their early 40s, 
wealth in the United States was distributed fairly evenly across generations, with each adult generation controlling about 25% of the wealth. Now, the generation currently hitting their early 40s, the millennials, only has about 4% of the wealth. They hold 2% of the equity compared to the 55% their baby boomer equivalents hold. And this doesn't even begin to take into account the way that the evils of racism and sexism map onto our economic landscape. This past year of the pandemic has highlighted this inequality as well as our nation's complacency and even complicity when it comes to institutionalized racism. Power protects power. That's how it's always worked. Frederick, Frederick Douglass reminds us that power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and it never will. Jesus and the prophets understood this very well, which is why they spoke out regularly and so clearly for justice, even when it put them in danger. Our job as Christians is to courageously continue that work, to look out for the needy and the vulnerable and to hold our political leaders accountable for doing the same. There is an organization in Boston that helps people do this in faithful, justice-seeking ways working with people across the religious and ethnic spectrum in our metro area. They are linked up with similar organizations across the country and they build relationships with people like Boston's mayor and city council, the police department, the governor, the attorney general, the leaders of the legislature who decide which bills get debated and voted on. They figure out how politics is played here in the Commonwealth and in the cities and towns and work within the system to affect change. This organization, some of you have heard of, is called the Greater Boston Interfaith Organization, or GBIO for short. Now, I personally have been keenly interested in having United Parish become a part of this organization even before I joined you back in 2013, because I believe this organization opens up the doors for us to have more of an influence in our justice work. It provides us with the organizational tools and strategies for making change. And it puts us in relationship with other dynamic faithful people in communities in our area, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, multi-ethnic communities. Together, we are stronger. And frankly, joining with these other communities makes justice work a lot more fun, a lot more interesting, and a lot more effective. In his letter to the church in Corinth, Paul comments on the importance of diverse groups working together as one body. He says, indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. In fact, not only does each part of the body contribute towards the working of the whole, but they each help the other parts reach their full potential. The hands that control the wheelchair enable the eyes to see farther. The eyes that interpret sign language enable the brain to understand others. The diaphragm that supports our lungs enables our voices to carry further. By joining GBIO, 
we are enabling our sibling communities to use their gifts even more fully, and they ours. The work that our part of the body does will strengthen that of our local Brookline neighbors, such as Temple Sinai, Temple Beth Zion, Temple Ohave Shalom, and St. Paul's Episcopal Church and the Worker Circle. Together with them, we can work on local issues here in town like food insecurity and affordable housing. By joining together in this collective body that works towards justice, we are embracing our role as interdependent communities. We are embodying trust and love and service in a way that not only deepens our own sense of worthiness, but also strengthens the bonds of love in our communities. For the past seven plus years that I've been with United Parish, I've helped us meet people in GBIO and GBIO to meet people in United Parish through large and small group meetings, through protests, in actions with politicians. And now I believe is the time for us to move forward in joining this organization. This year, our Stretching into Justice team is urging us to make both the financial and organizing commitment to join others at GBIO in this important work. They've considered the questions we have about what joining will mean for us. They created a video for us all to consider prayerfully what it means to take this next step. And if you haven't watched it already, I encourage you to check it out. There's a link in your weekly emails and, if, and also on our, webs, our, our homepage of our website. If you can't watch all 43 minutes of it, you can quick jump to the questions that interest you. Also, our team has put out a FAQ sheet of some of the questions you may have that are also explained in the video. And this coming Tuesday evening, June 1st at 7 p.m., we will have an open forum on Zoom where you can come with your questions and talk to members of our stretching team and also some of our neighbors who are part of GBIO. It's important that we're all informed about this because on Sunday afternoon, June 13th, in two weeks, we will bring this to a congregational vote at our all-parish meeting. We believe that in joining GBIO, we will be opening new pathways for us to live our faith in exciting and life-changing ways in the greater Boston area. This kind of work is a big part of why Kent and I got excited about getting into ministry in the first place. Now you don't have to take your pastor's, word, pastor's words for it, however. Here are what members of our congregation are saying. All right, I'm excited to join GBIO. Part of the funds coming from different congregations is going toward real community organizers that get their foot in the door with legislatures, which turns the organization into something truly effective and also a way that we can interface with community organizers to improve our own justice-making skills. And I'm excited about joining GBIO because my social action is based in my faith. And I really want to join with other people of faith because I think we'll have a greater impact. I am very excited about joining GBIO um, in large part because I'm really excited about it giving the United Parish a chance to have an impact on the social justice issues outside of our walls in a way we never have been able to do before by joining with the 60 other religious and similar organizations that are members of GBIO in uh, uh, political and social outreach efforts that, uh, that can have a great impact. As members of GBIO, we will be putting into practice our belief in a strong multicultural community and we will be doing our part to bend MLK's arc of the moral universe 
towards justice. Si se puede. Yes, we can. I'm excited for United Parish to join GBIO because it's a group that unites people of faith when there was so much division in the world. We should be members of GBIO. GBIO knows our legislators. Our legislators know we vote. And when we get together on this, we can improve the status of Boston all around. I am so excited and thrilled that United Parish will be looking into joining with GBIO, an organization I truly adore. Several years ago, I had the privilege of working with GBIO to get criminal justice reform enacted by the state legislature. I believe that the United Parish should continue to strive for a more just society by joining arms with the other faith communities in GBIO. I'm excited about United Parish joining GBIO because I think it gives us an opportunity to join a very diverse group of, of places of faith. It allows us to work on a common mission related to justice, towards change, and of course it strengthens our, our connections with local institutions, especially local religious institutions. And I'm excited for United Parish to join the Greater Boston Interfaith Organization so that we can join our voices together with other people of faith to work for justice. And here are what some of our immediate neighbors say about belonging to GBIO. Like United Parish, St. Paul's has long sought concrete ways to put our Christian faith into action, following Jesus's teaching in Matthew 25, to feed the hungry and thirsty, to welcome the stranger, to clothe the naked, to care for the sick, and to visit those in prison. But last year, as the twin pandemics of COVID and racism laid bare just how deep-rooted and complex so many injustices are, we knew that our action could and should go beyond treating symptoms. There are structural causes of hunger, homelessness, isolation, care and education disparities, and of course, racism. GBIO has given us tools, training, and most importantly, a community to help us learn about these systems of injustice and oppression, and to confront those in political and corporate power who benefit from them. I hope and pray that you will join all of us at GBIO. Thank you and God bless you. And I'm grateful to be part of GBIO because it's a way to meet many other people from other congregations in the greater Boston area and to build relationship and to make the world a much better place. And that means a great deal to me. And I'm so part, proud that our congregation is a part of GBIO because GBIO gives us hope, hope through connection, that we're all connected to so many other congregations throughout greater Boston to build a better society and a better commonwealth for all of us. Hello, United Parish. My name is Kathleen Patrone. I am the lead organizer, executive director of the Greater Boston Interfaith Organization. And on behalf of GBIO, we want to thank you for considering membership with GBIO. And we hope to celebrate and welcome you in as a member institution with our 60 other dues-paying member institutions and join us in the righteous fight for justice in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts.
Uh, thank you so much and looking forward to celebrating with each and every one of you. And I'm really glad to be part of GBIO because it gives me a community to take action with um, to fight against racial injustices in our Commonwealth. Um, and I'm so excited for our United Parish to join us because I've seen the amazing organizing work that your parish can do uh, when you all jumped in and helped out with the GBIO racial justice campaign last year. And I'm grateful to be part of GBIO because it allows me, allows us as a community to strengthen our relationship with other faith communities. Personally for me, allows me to strengthen my relationship with other faith leaders. And I know for members of my community, it means connecting with people of other faith communities. In the search and in the fight and in the work of building a greater Boston that really speaks to our shared values as people of faith. I am so excited that United Parish is joining GBIO and I give you a heartfelt welcome uh, to this work. I can't wait to work with you on these very important issues that we work together at GBIO. Thank you. And I'm thrilled for United Parish to join us in GBIO, to have more people of faith working together for justice in Brookline. We thank you and ask that you would join us in prayerfully considering what this next step will mean for us as a community, as we decide whether to join this organization, as we step into the tradition and the teaching of the prophets and of the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. And thank you for your time and interest and prayers, how we can keep stretching into justice in new, vibrant and life-changing ways. Amen. People say, amen.